0: Let's head to Australia now, where our Australian correspondent, Brad Foster, has been keeping an eye on things for us. Hi there, Brad. Hey Jesse. How are you going? Good. Thank you. Um, look, your mortgage holders are facing the same problems we are over here, which is a bit of extra stress as those rates begin to rise.
1: That's right. We are. Reports are that Australians are defaulting on their home loans at growing rates at the number a borrowers at risk of mortgage stress peaks at levels not seen since when the global financial crisis hit back in 2008. Oh gosh, uh, and that's that a rainbow. bit more severe.
0: It's a bit more severe than we've been having here. I don't. I don't think that's quite hit New Zealand yet. Certainly, people are feeling the stress, but the idea of actually, um, yeah, people defaulting has um, yeah hasn't really made the news over here. yet.
1: Okay. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much all front page news at the moment. Uh, Roy Morgan Research they released a uh, research released yesterday says 1.5 million or 29% of borrowers were at risk of mortgage stress uh, in July this year. Uh, as I said, higher than what it was during the the, uh, GFC back in 2008. Uh, Now, over the past year, the number of people who have defaulted on their loans, that's basically not paid them on time, has risen to between 2.6% in New South Wales to 3.6% in outback Queensland. Um, Now, unfortunately, uh, this is at a time when the big banks and our major supermarkets are recording record profits. Uh, I think I mentioned the Commonwealth announced an annual profit of $10.2 billion uh, a couple of weeks ago and our two major supermarket chains Coles and Woolworths reported profits last week. Coles $1.1 $1.1 billion or a 4.8% increase on the previous year, and Woolworths, a $1.6 billion profit, which is a 4.6% increase compared to the previous years. And some people are questioning why banks in our supermarkets are, are making money uh, when uh, a lot of Aussies are struggling, Jesse.
0: Yeah, we've had the same sort of um, research over here, um, research, I think it was earlier this week, showing that... Um, A lot of inflation over the last couple of years has been caused not by wage costs but by increased profits uh, for some of those big companies. It does make you feel like something's not quite right, doesn't it?
1: It does, yeah. When we're paying uh, – I remember we were paying uh, a fortune for broccoli uh, a few years ago, or well, last year I think, And uh, but uh, obviously it wasn't hurting the uh, the supermarket chains too much.
0: No. Um, well, look, if anyone needs cheering up over there, I see your official cash rate um, set by the Australian Reserve Bank is 4.1. Ours is 5.5 in there, um, so, you know – I think I think we're paying more at the moment. Maybe you'll catch up to us. We move pretty quickly and pretty early. Well,
1: they're talking about the uh, um, interest rates not going up um, for the rest of the year, but I guess anything can happen. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll watch this space. Um,
0: hey, are we getting an increased chance of a visit from you, Brad? I see airfares maybe set to come down.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, uh, Qantas, uh, or Air New Zealand, I believe, has announced more flights across the ditch, which will mean cheaper airfares. And uh, I might come and visit you, Jesse, when I can find my passport. (laughs) I I seem to have misplaced it since the pandemic. Um, Qantas has said it's going to lift its three flights a week from Sydney to Auckland to New York from the end of October this year. Uh, That could increase the daily by August 2024. We haven't heard a lot else other than the is expected to reach 100% of pre-COVID capacity by March 2024. Now, Qantas is another Australian company that has reported a profit during the last financial year of $2.47 billion. The outgoing CEO, uh, Alan Joyce, was yesterday grilled in a Senate hearing that is part of the federal government's Select Committee on Cost of Living undertaking, which is looking into the cost of living pressures facing Australians. Uh, Now, one of the big sticking points is that Qantas received uh, $2.7 billion from taxpayers during the pandemic. Uh, including $900 million from the JobKeeper program uh-huh. the other issue uh, is that during the pandemic a lot of flights were cancelled, people were asked to take a credit on the tickets that they purchased and last week we heard that there is now a class action against Qantas by uh, people who never got their refunds and they want, uh, they want their money uh, now Mr Joyce said the at the Senate hearing, that Qantas had already paid out uh, three hundred million dollars to people whose flights were cancelled, but apparently uh, there's a lot more, and uh, we're going to hear more about this story in the next little while.
0: Yeah, usual story, right? Um, okay, for the government to suffer financially or the consumers to suffer financially, but the uh, the big corporates always seem to do all right <laughs> out of things they in do. the end when it comes Thank out. You. <laughs>
1: He was also asked about uh, how the cost of airline tickets could be reduced. Um, Of course, uh, more flights would be good, but he's called for a sustainable aviation fuel industry that would reduce emissions and be a huge opportunity for jobs and economic growth. It sounds like a great idea, but I don't think it's going to happen uh, uh, next week or
0: uh, next year at this stage. Yeah, I wonder who he's inviting to pay for that. Uh, Interesting. Mm Uh, thanks Brad What else is happening at the moment?
1: Well I wanted to mention a 44 year old man who fought off a great white shark uh, <laughs> it was up to 4.2 metres in length on the New South Wales mid north coast on Saturday he's undergone further surgery in a Newcastle hospital, they said he's uh, his uh, injuries are described as life-changing, mm. uh, and apparently he will be having more uh, surgery in the coming weeks and months.
0: I, uh, no, I just would mentioned... encourage our listeners to picture 4.2 metres. It's about the width of our studio here at RNZ, and I'm struggling to picture how a shark could be that long. <laughs> yes,
1: especially one uh, thrashing around me. Oh, you
0: gosh, like, in its home uh, environment. Uh, it's horrific. yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. Uh, you you mentioned um, the voice, uh, the voice to Parliament.
0: Uh, yeah, we were talking uh, about it yesterday.
1: Yeah, well, the Prime Minister is expected to announce tomorrow uh, when this referendum will be on the voice to Parliament. Uh, a date in October. October is apparently preferred. Now, this voice would be a new body that represents First Nations people from across Australia to provide their input into federal government decisions, policies and laws that affect their lives. Uh, it would require a change to the Australian Constitution, which, which is what um, uh, people in the no camp are concerned about. I'm not sure why, because as far as I can tell, it will simply mean that the Australian Constitution will formally recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the first peoples of Australia. Uh, but there's been some polls um, in the last week, um, and the, the yes vote uh, isn't doing uh, really well at the moment. Um, 44% of people in WA uh, said they were going to vote yes, 41% in Queensland, 46% in New South Wales and South Australia, 55% in Tasmania and 51% in Victoria. Uh, Now, the opposition leader, Peter Dutton, he said yesterday he didn't believe the voice would assist those in regional communities. But to me, and and plenty of other people, um, it would be a step in the right direction. And I, I hope it gets past, Jesse, because um, we uh, we don't want to end up looking uh, like a, a bunch of um, crazy Aussies. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, this, is, this is basically a, a good thing for the country, um, but uh, there's certainly a lot of debate about it and a lot of confusion. Um, on the ABC TV Q&A show last night, uh, Olympian and now Dr. Yana Pittman said she was confused um, at the messaging for the yes and no vote, and it made it difficult for her to make an educated decision, and she's a very educated woman. She's doing a PhD at the moment, um, so she's going to have to, uh, like a lot of us, look into it more. But uh,
0: Referendums, I, think- I, I find, are often often like that. It's almost like it doesn't matter what you ask. Uh, once you've had yeah. six weeks of campaigning on either side, everyone's so confused and fatigued that it just settles into about a 50-50 split either way there was some suggestion on the show yesterday that maybe members of the um, indigenous communities didn't want it passed didn't want a yes vote because they feared that would provide more funding to Canberra rather rather than in local communities where it's really needed but I don't know if that's just a key message from the no group that they're um, trying to confuse people or, or what the story is
1: yeah well there there is certainly some um indigenous leaders who have who have come out and said they don't agree with it uh particularly those in regional areas uh of course uh people li- living in regional areas don't seem to get as much uh of anything um as our uh our big city dwellers but um as i said i, I think it's a a step in the right direction um and uh, time will tell whether um we uh, we vote for it and not it's it's interesting, even the ballot paper it says uh, you write yes if you if you want to write yes or no uh but some people may do a tick or a cross and uh, they're going to count the uh the ticks uh for yes, but they're not going to count the cross for no or vice versa it's, just, it's, just, it's getting quite crazy yeah.
0: Out of interest, if you hadn't given me those figures and I just listed them in um, in least support for the change to most support, would you have been surprised at all if, if I'd told you Queensland was the most opposed to this referendum idea, Western Australia second, then New South Wales, then Victoria and finally Tasmania? That seems to me to be about the order you'd expect.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. They. Uh, they, they live a little bit differently in Queensland and, and, and WA. We don't hear much about them. Other than, uh, the okay. Or when the rugby league's
0: on. Now, quick talk on sport, Brad.
1: Well, I don't know. Do you want to talk rugby, Jesse? It's uh, it, it must be going crazy over there. Mm, well, over
0: there. if you were my South, South African correspondent, I'm not sure I'd want to talk rugby to you, but it's not like you guys are doing so great, right?
1: No, no, we got beaten by France, forty-one uh, seventeen. But I read this morning that apparently we were, we weren't um, showing our full uh, capabilities, which <laughs> I certainly hope is the case. But uh, I don't think any team <laughs> goes out to lose a match.
0: <laughs> no,
1: especially the uh, the hosts. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. So then. How far away are we? What What is next before the World Cup? I should know the answer to this. I can probably find out myself unless September
1: you know. September 9, uh, New Zealand take on France. That's Saturday week. Oh, yeah, uh, Australia okay. played Georgia on Sunday. Uh, now, in our pool is Wales, Namibia and Fiji. And, uh, of course, Fiji beat England for the first time ever over the weekend. So, uh, um it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough. I I much prefer talking uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might well, have at least to go the air for a month. <laughs> at least there's a few
0: teams in with the snuff will make it more interesting, in my opinion. Um, thank you, Brad. Great to talk to you as always. Okay, Jesse. Brad Foster is our Australian correspondent uh, reporting on the stuff making news across the ditch.